I get it that AI is great. So the reason why this works as well as it does is they use coding in a codex for logic, for reasoning, mm -hmm. right? Think of it as like, if this, then that algorithms. Right. But it takes a long time for it to learn something new. Right. But effectively, its neural network, its brain is the entire internet. Right. It has access to all of those things. One of the coolest features that I, I saw it do was like you can have it write um, a joke that represents or make it seem like somebody's saying it specifically. Yeah, so yeah. you can ask it to say, write a joke like Louis C.K. And it, it'll, no, it'll even better. You can write a, write a Joe Rogan joke in the form of Louis C.K. Better. and it can do that. Yeah. So like it can make a, a, a joke on like apes and evolution, but in the form of like Louis C.K. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, I, I honestly think this is a dangerous inflection point, to be honest with you. Mm. Like, how far down this path before something becomes self aware? Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. All right, welcome back to the show, everyone. This week, we got an exciting list of things. Obviously, after the Fed's interest rate hike, there's a lot to talk about. So we'll talk about the biggest winners and losers from the Fed's interest rate hike, S&P 500 advances more than 1% to its best level in five months. And as shocker as it may be, Meta led the way. We'll also move on to private payroll growth, which slowed at 106,000 in January as it weathered a hit in hiring, at least this according to ADP. Then we'll skip on over to U.S. job openings surging past 11 million as the Fed zeroes in on labor because we know the Fed is very focused on that. And then if there's time, we'll talk about America falling behind on car payments because what's a little bit of positivity without a little bit of negativity? And then we'll bring that all back to the blockchain where California's DMV is now actually using the technology and what this might mean for you. I remember you called that. I believe I did. Kudos to you, sir. Thank you. I, I feel like I'm a smart person and sometimes I say some smart things. Right. But most of the time I do not. Deputy to the chief economist of the Higher Standard Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> from an article from Yahoo Finance, biggest winners and losers from the Fed's interest rate hike. The first paragraph says it all. The Fed Reserve announced it is raising interest rates by 25 basis points following its January 31st through February 1st meeting, bumping the Fed funds rate to a target of 4.5 to 4.75%. Mm. With the move, the Fed Reserve marked the eighth straight meeting that it raised rates in an effort to rapidly reduce the liquidity to the financial markets and tamp down high inflation. Saeed, yes. give me that good good. Give you the good good. So this was 
for some people, it was a positive, right? They saw it creep down from 75 basis point rate hike to 50 basis point rate hike in yep. December to now uh, first meeting for 2023, now to 25 basis points. The uh, I think there was a report that came out, the FOMC let out last last month or two months ago, where they said that the target rate will be somewhere between 5.1 to 5.4%. Which is what we also called on a previous show, well before that was a target rate that we saw that hitting 5%. Yeah. Right. So if if you believe what the Fed is saying, which a lot of investors don't, and we'll get into that in a second, mm-hmm. that means at least one more rate hike, possibly two. Yeah. And again, so this is all speculation. And I think that this particular meeting was a foregone conclusion that 25 basis points was, was going to be the number. Mm-hmm. And leading up to it, we saw a bit of a rally in the markets because people were really excited that there was going to be this perceived slowdown in Fed interest rate increases and the pace of it. Mm-hmm. What I'll say is that is overly optimistic in my personal opinion. Right. Okay. It's not abnormal for the markets to see a bit of a run up because they price in the interest rate increases prior to this, this actually happening. Mm-hmm. And a good example of why people do this in the financial markets is to look at banks and interest rates, right? Right. It's not uncommon to see a bank say, okay, we know the Fed's going to increase interest rates with 25 basis points, so I'm going to offer a, a 25 basis point higher rate on my deposits or my promotional rates or whatever it might be mm-hmm. ahead of this by a couple of days to try to drag in extra depositors who want a sexy rate. Right. And that is effectively a microcosm of what happens across the market in all the markets. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to price in this activity. That's also why, uh, if you recall, I want to say it was the fourth or fifth interest rate hike where the Fed hiked 75 basis points and not 50, mm-hmm. that the market was somewhat stunned because they'd only priced in that 50 basis point increase. It was very aggressive. It was In the, in the market's mind, it was an unexpected level you know, of an increase. It, it, was, it was shocking to them and it shocked the markets. The market took a downward hit. Right. In this market, even though you still got an interest rate increase, 25 basis point, what happened? The market rallied. It did rally. It, yeah. ra- it rallied. It was interesting too is just before the announcement, the 10-year Mm-hmm. started to drop in price, not increase in price. Right. So the yield curve inversion, whereas that 10-year treasury, it costs less to borrow long-term than it would for a two-year treasury. It costs more. Actually got more inverted as the 10-year treasury dipped more a little inverted, bit. More inverted, right? So this is going completely against everything Powell's been saying, right? Well, Powell's trying to do with, with some of the remarks that he makes at these press conferences. What he would like is for stocks to go down and bond yields to go up, but it's actually the reverse is happening. Yeah, and that, that largely this is this is the lack of confidence in what the Fed is saying, mm-hmm. and so much of this is spin. I, I don't know if you ever read uh, one of the first books I ever read that was truly what I would call a mind changing book for me was No Spin Zone. Okay, no, I didn't read this. Yeah, so basically, it was kind of my first reality of how or it was Bill O'Reilly's book, and it was my first kind of look at how the media can be weaponized against you, how everything you see can be spun. Yes. And so much of the financial markets now are being spun to to position things in the most positive possible light. Mm -hmm. So many things you're seeing online are like, yo, this is great. The Fed is slowing their pace. The pace is slowing. And in my mind, the hard times haven't even started. Right, exactly. The hard times are we get to a high number. Mm -hmm. Let's call it 5% as a Fed funds target rate. Let's say we get there. Okay, In March, there's an increase. You're at 5%. Right. Okay, well, the Fed terminal rate's 5%. You have a yield curve inversion, which typically precedes a recessionary economy. Mm Mm-hmm. The Fed has already said they're going to hold. Right. That's where this becomes painful. And then as that 10-year treasury gets out of that inversion and creeps up, influencing mortgage rates, right. what's going to happen to the mortgage market? 
Yeah. What's going to happen to people who, who don't want to borrow at today's high rate when rates go even higher and they will go higher? Well, and every time these rates go higher, what, what do we know about consumer debt? Credit card debt's at an all-time high. Credit, now, those payments start to go up even a little bit more, you know, stretching everyone's last dollars even more thin. Right. Well, I mean, all you got to do is, is look at the national debt and ask them how those payments are going for them right about yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So some some of the commentary that Jerome Powell said um, in that presser was when he was asked, why not just stop the rate hikes here and let's just see what happens? Because he alluded to we haven't even begun to feel the lag effects yet. And that's what I mean by the holding is going to be more painful than the actual interest rate increases. Right. And it's funny how his rhetoric has changed from the, when he first started. But he, this is why he people was, don't trust him, he, though, too. He was not re- he he wasn't referencing anything about lag effects when he first started. Labor market strong, man. Oh yeah, 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 all that, right? So when, when, when was the last time you heard soft landing from him? <laughs> yeah, that dude hasn't said soft landing in probably oh, damn near a year at this right. point. Right. Exactly. It was like, oh, we can still get a soft landing. He doesn't soft believe he does he doesn't yeah he doesn't believe that that's possible. When he at when he asked why why don't you just stop and let's just see he he was citing that. Inflation is still running hot, right? We did see goods, inflation on goods come down, but services are still through the roof. Yeah. Right? So what's the number one shortage of supply right now in the market? Number one shortage of supply. What what do we have the least of in the market right now? Jobs. Goddamn intern got that before you did. Damn. Yeah, it's true. I don't think that's true. It is true. Look at the unemployment rate. Oh, okay. Unemployment rate is at a historical low. Mm -hmm. Granted, I expect that number to be higher than the next print, obviously. Right. But truly, I think the lack of supply right now in the market is jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unemployment. Employment. Yeah. You know, that's what I was. Exactly. I don't know why y'all listen to me. Right. I'm an idiot. So what I will say is this this is this is also goes to show you why the Fed isn't trusted right now. Mm -hmm. Like so many of the communications from Jerome Powell have changed. It it hasn't. And look, I I get it. His job's hard. You, You start moving up interest rates at historically like unprecedented pace right then you wait and see what happens and then things don't happen like they normally do unemployment didn't skyrocket up yeah. wages didn't come down right. the housing market hasn't corrected a, a huge amount of, of inflation is rent or rent equivalent 30 mm-hmm. percent plus depending on who you ask and, right. and your data but so none of those things are moving and this guy's done everything he possibly can at this point at least certainly compared to his peers and now his rhetoric's changing a little bit. I don't blame him for his rhetoric changing, but that also creates a lack of confidence because people expect you, the Fed, to say, I'm going to do X and execute on X and that's it. They don't expect you to be responsive to all the stimulus in between. Yeah, I also don't think a lot of people realize how long these lag effects really take. When they mean lag, I mean, we're talking it could take up to 12 to 18 months. Well, that's also why the National Bureau of Economic Research typically doesn't declare recessionary economies for at least 12 to 18 months afterwards. Exactly. Because what they're looking for are the lagging effects to prove out that what you were in was actually a recessionary economy. Right. So for more on those job reports, Jolt's report came out. I don't know if you saw this. Which is the Fed's primary report that they tend to look at for mm-hmm. a real indication of jobs, which, by the way, I think is complete horse shit, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. So came out about the ratio of job openings to unemployed people rose to a near record high mm. of 1.9 in December when it was 1.7 in November also, just a reference, it was 1.2 before the pandemic. I blame people like our intern who had two jobs. This is his point. fault. It is his fault. That's 100% Y'all his fault. Y'all had two jobs. Y'all were you know, farming some of your second job out to people in India. <laughs> and now you, you fucked up the unemployment number for everybody, bro. Allegedly. You know, you know, this is why we didn't give you a mic tonight. You're on timeout. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. Right. So, yeah, you're right. It is their preferred measure to look at jobs, which I don't necessarily agree uh, with. I don't like the Jolt Report. I, Neither do I. I don't like it. I don't yeah. think it's active and it's mm-hmm. not really that good. 
Yeah, but, but so for those for for those of our listeners that are looking for maybe a positive spin, okay? Uh, that podcast is not this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you came to the wrong place. You know, I had an epiphany the other day. Hold up, before we before we go on, I want I want to address this. Okay, I want to address it early. Okay, all right. The epiphany was simple: is I was watching Alex Hermosi's stuff. Right, right, and Hermosi is yeah a pretty well known guy on social media. He's certainly done a good job. He's done well for himself. Done well for himself, and he's he knows how to get his name out there and broadcast his message. What is he? What is he ultimately known for? Is he just like uh, known for an, being an influencer? Or so, no, what? no, no. So I will say I was very skeptical on him for a lot of reasons because he rolls in a circle of other influencers who I don't necessarily respect. Right, and the problem is, is for him, all of his company is essentially private. He did something the other day that gave me a tremendous amount of respect. And I was like, you know what? I like this guy. I, I have a newfound appreciation for him. Right. He said he's putting out a book, but he doesn't want you. You have to buy it, but it's 99 cents. And Amazon books is going to take 66 cents of that. He's getting 33 cents on each one of the books. He makes most of his money through his acquisition.com business where he invests in small businesses with a certain income target that he's looking to grow their business and scale. Okay. He had a gym business, which effectively he sold and made some good money on, and now he's basically investing in these other businesses. That's what and I thought, yeah. Model. Right. So, but when, when he said it the way that he said it, he actually took the time to explain it on a post, and then he went back and said, look, I removed everything on my social media that said that I would never sell a product because I am sell- even though I'm not making a lot of money in this product, I am technically selling it to you. Yeah, wait, he was what, selling it for like 99 cents or something? Yeah, he's selling his $100, $100 million offer book or whatever it's, that it's, come, it's coming out mm-hmm. for 99 cents. But so I found that to be so completely like cool and that I resonated with his message and forthcoming and genuine. Right. That I commented, hey, man, I was on the fence about you. Like, tons of respect. Yeah. I appreciate you. Now, yeah, he left you on red? No, nah, he, well, dude, he doesn't respond to anybody. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's reached that status where he doesn't respond to anybody. But and I get it. Like, if you've got a ton, a huge social following, right. I will say it is hard to respond. Damn, he's jacked, though. That, he is jacked. That being said, I feel like that's what TRT is supposed gotta, to look like. I got a tech. You know what? First of all, that's hurtful. It was okay. meant to be. I'm on testosterone replacement therapy. <laughs> I know. Well, but it doesn't mean I expected you I'm to walk on, into the I'm studio looking levels, like this. I'm not on levels like that. And first of all, those shorts are awkwardly small. I think it's intended to be small. I he, think they are. He wanted you to see the teardrop. If I had that physique, I would, first of all, you. What? what? I, can, I can't appreciate another man's teardrop? No, you cannot. You've never Why? appreciated it's at the my knee, teardrop. bro. It's not, it's not. You don't appreciate mine? You don't have a teardrop. I got a big teardrop. No, what? Under it's, your eye? No, right above my knee. Because you were born and raised in Santa Ana? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> If you guys would like to cancel Saeed, <laughs> <laughs> please send all emails to the official Saeed Omar at gmail.com. Yeah, exactly. So, but my point is this. I got attacked and slammed by him by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And his, his loyal followers like, what do you mean you were on the fence? You were just a hater. And, but one guy, one guy said something that I don't think I'll ever forget. Okay. He had a, a, an aggressive conversation with me, but he said, you're like CoffeeZilla. I checked out your content, meaning my, my social media content. And I was like, what does that mean? CoffeeZilla is a great YouTuber. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. Right. He does a lot of financial crime stuff. And he said, no, no, man, it wasn't a compliment. And wow. I, said, I said, what does that mean? And he said, I used to follow CoffeeZilla. But and it's, it's interesting when you get into this financial crime stuff. But after a while, it's just all negative. He doesn't teach you anything positive. He's not taking this stuff and teaching you how to do something positive. Hmm. And I thought to myself, you know what? He's right. People do want a little bit of that. And I'm not saying that you're right when you said we need to have more motivational stuff on the show. No, I mean, I do. I do. We uh, we've said on the show that behavioral economics is a real thing. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So there's nothing wrong with occasionally talking about certain ways to, you know, set your mind and how to. I mean, you got to you got to mentally prepare for the long journey ahead. If you know, 
you're trying to grow something like this. But at the same time, I want to be realistic and, and honest and genuine with our listeners. So do because I. What we're going through right now is not a positive financial time. Sure, there there is a potential for positivity at the end of the rainbow. It is, yeah. And we've said over and over again in the show, like mm-hmm. all of the businesses that we have are, are have been started during recessionary economies. Yep. So start a business now, great. But if you want a, a business that's booming that you're going to crush and make a ton of money, mm-hmm. now ain't that time. Now you're preparing. You're stacking chips. You're preparing for what's to come. Right. Save that money. Plan to put it out in July. That's the positive spin on the uh, Fed raising the interest rates another 25 basis points. You can look for maybe some higher yields from savings accounts or CDs at banks. This question comes up a lot recently. A lot of people were talking about putting money into I-bonds, treasury bills, stuff like that. Yeah. My personal opinion, put your cash into a high-yielding savings account. That's with truly liquid. Your local community bank that's truly liquid. You're not going to take a penalty if you take it out of a CD or something like that. Right. You can get north of 4% right now easily. Mm-hmm. Let it sit there. Stack your money. Wait. July, August this year, you should have some opportunities. And if you don't, guess what? You just got some great returns and you have cash access that's liquid. Right. So, I mean, I don't know why I say liquid like that. Liquid. Liquid. Liquid is a very French. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the S&P 500. Mm. It advanced more than 1% to its best level in five months as Meta of all companies in the world. Meta leads the tech-fueled rally. This according to a CNBC article. And what was shocking to me was, keep in mind, tech has been hit big time. Layoffs. I, I mean, just... The whole sector is just getting crushed. The biggest sector, right? That got hit with layoffs. Yeah, biggest sector by far. And then what happens? Mm-hmm. Today, this massive rally, and I'm, I'm happy about it because our stock too got taken up with it, so I'm not, right. I'm not upset about it. Although the large banks didn't do so well. We're celebrating something positive. Celebrating something positive. Look at us being chipper. Yeah. <laughs> Although everything after this is pretty negative. <laughs> but, yeah, what's, what's, what's about to come? Yeah. So, yeah, the Dow Jones... Didn't perform as well, but the S&P definitely rose to its highest level in five months on Thursday, which was better than expected. Meta results further improved sentiment around technology shares. And you were telling me before the show started, that was largely due to, to I guess, Zuckerberg being really clear on his focus and what he was going to do. Uh, no, that was a trusted source. A trusted, trusted source. source of the podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Professor I can't take I can't take credit for that. Yeah. So, but the, it, it has to be due to that. And we also know from what we've seen around... Um, stocks is with the layoffs generally speaking earnings per share go up after after layoffs right not even paying attention to me it's cool i'm, I'm just talking i'm, I'm trying just to talking to myself and the listeners go, go down to the below the graph the below the meta graph i want to read that paragraph right going on right there all right stop that yeah all right go so ahead. we know we know generally speaking after large rounds of layoffs you know stock earnings per share tend to go up you know i'm looking at you and i'm still not listening to you I see. yeah no, <laughs> Earnings for share do tend to go up. So I wanted to read this. I thought it was important. Meta surged 23% in its best day since 2013. 23%. God damn. That's like over 12 billion-ish, I think it was for Zuckerberg. Mm. After reporting a fourth quarter beat on revenue and announcing a $40 billion stock buyback, that helped uh, investors look past losses in the business unit overseeing the metaverse. Mm -hmm. So... People were really worried that there was a ton of losses coming from this investment in that technology. Obviously, they have some, you know, some three D virtual reality helmet thing going on, and they're t- they're investing all this money. They rebranded themselves, I'm like, okay, are they going to really dive into the AI space? Yeah, right? and and apparently they they've gotten to taper, begun to taper that back, and they know that this is not the year. This is the year to do what we're telling everybody who listens to the show mm-hmm. to save money, be fiscally responsible, and expect. That it's going to be a tough year, but plan for positive growth in 2024. That that's kind of my look. Yeah. So he pulls up a, a wealth uh, article from Bloomberg. 
Zuckerberg gains a record $12.5 billion in a day as Meta rebounds. Once worth as much as $142 billion, Zuckerberg is mounting a comeback by pledging that his company will be more efficient. And that right there, in and of itself, mm-hmm. from a tech company, uh, intern, put that in the uh, show notes so I can post it to the, the show notes for the podcast. Mm. Uh, just, just a link. You can put it in. But uh, that right there is such a weird thing to see from a tech company, particularly Meta, a.k.a. Facebook. Efficiency was never on their radar. Right. They, they just, crushed it year over just year. Just dumping money into everything, right? Yeah, they were, they were dumping money into everything because they could. Right. I mean, they, they were they had effectively, in my mind, a monopoly in the market in a lot of ways. Them and Google, right? Right. So who's being yeah. attacked right now? Right. Or having a monopoly in the for market? Having, exactly. Yeah, exactly it. So yeah, it, it's it's a real thing. I mean, it's not, and it's not just them that's dumping all this money into AI. I think we saw Microsoft is investing like ten billion dollars into it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not this guy. I know I'm gonna get a lot of judgment from you because you're you're a hater. Okay, that's, and that's the last thing I am. Come on, you are a certified hater, bro. Certified. I need more CLB Saeed. Oh, <laughs> certified lover boy. I, I, I saw what you did there, bro. <laughs> you people. <laughs> the worst acting performance worst acting ever. ever. Jonah Hill literally was walking on set, going, "Okay, I say what now? Yeah. All right, all right. You people. I, I'm. I don't recommend this movie, but there were a couple funny lines. Yeah. I mean, it, it's worth if you got nothing going on on like a Thursday night. Definitely not a Friday, Saturday night movie. Right, right. Yeah, but it's all right. You need to drink. Before you're more. Though. You're more like take care, Drake. <sighs> that's hurtful <laughs> that's you that yeah, is you I am more like yeah. drink. I need more sitting stuff. at an Italian restaurant with <laughs> chains on <laughs> <laughs> drinking a bottle of wine by myself <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> alright but you know so I saw that Apple's putting out their own headset right mm-hmm. their own virtual reality kind of setup and right. at first I was like fuck out of here Wait, what, what, why yeah and then I saw a demo, and I got I to gotta see if I can find it again. You can actually do a virtual reality workspace, like be fully immersed in your workspace. And that sounds terrible. I, I recognize that. But let me explain to you what it looks like. Mm-hmm. It has cameras on the outside of it yeah. so that you're seeing what's in front of you still, but you see your, your desktop in front of you. Mm-hmm. You can still type on your keyboard, but you can also tap things like in front of you on your screen. And to me, I, I'm thinking like this is a super efficient way to work. Mm-hmm. Especially because I can be naked in my house and do this. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know I'm holding back, right? Holding back what? You're gonna make me wear that in the office or at home? Where are you gonna make? Why me? is this such a sensitive topic? Wait, for where you? are you gonna make me wear I'm this? Already, listen, this I is your fault. And you don't want to do this. You did I this. Get this. I'm in every single day. Look, you know, let's have a serious conversation. Okay, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's, okay. let's presume everybody in the office is gonna hear this. Let's right. just have a conversation. Right. Time out for the podcast, just you and I. Time out for the podcast. You y'all just turn away. Yeah. Right, let's, let me be honest, okay? And okay. I, I don't understand this. This an- animus. <laughs> animus? Yeah, this really? animus towards SAT the whole work and com- work, coming back to work. Okay, mm-hmm. let, let me be honest. Okay, I'm not asking a whole lot. I'm not saying you have to be there every day. Mm-hmm. I'm saying just be there more. No, you're saying this. You're saying be there every day. I, well, technically speaking, the company is saying be there every day. Yes, yes, yes. I'm saying be there, be present. Right. Okay? Yes. But it is what it is. Right. I don't understand. How do you do this and be fair? Look, it's not all bad. I get it. Explain, I get, explain to me how you do it and you're equitable and fair to everybody. I get that it's I don't want to do it as much as anybody tough. else wants. It, it's a it, tough position to take. It's a tough position to take from a business. I, I get both sides. The how problem are you is fair. I'm in is, every single day. The prob- every single day I'm in. And I'm wearing a suit and tie, which I'm not asking everybody else to do. The problem is, is this. A lot of people made a lot of decisions over the last three years. 100% recognize that. Right? That's that's the problem. But, but somebody... Y'all had, y'all had three years working from home, man. Somebody... somebody 
much smarter than me put it really, really well. He said that three years ago, if somebody said, hey, for the next three years, you get to work at home. And then after that, you got to come back to the office. Would you take it? When you when you yeah, put it when you that, put it like hindsight. that, that's hindsight. That's hindsight being twenty twenty though, man. You didn't have the foresight back then to know what the evolution of what happened during COVID was unprecedented, mm-hmm. right? Okay, and companies did what they had to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I fully get that, and I understand that people adjusted, but we have to be real with ourselves here. As much as everybody claims they're more efficient at home, how many times am I getting alerts from people that I follow on Apple? Okay, that are working out in the middle of the day. Okay, but let me ask you this though. When we when it was needed for everybody to be as productive as possible, did they deliver? Some people, yes. Come on. Some people, no. Okay. Well, then. But that, here's the problem: is those some people who are no tend to ruin it for the people that are yes. So that I understand should, that. So, so that should be recognized in the performance but not review. All, not all jobs, and it is, but not all jobs are trackable mm-hmm. the same way other jobs are. I, I like, get it. I feel like at this day and age, they should be trackable. Come on. No, no, you can't. You can't. How are you going to qualify, quantify a marketing job? Right. How are you going to quantify a, 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 a job that isn't necessarily based on numbers in and of itself? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a salesperson, you could be out there trying to do whatever you can. I guess it goes, it goes back to what, what Andy said when he was on the podcast. He said, you're going to punish me for being able to do my job faster? Like in what I'm so no, I, I tip the shit out of him. All right. I love the guy. I go to him consistently. Okay. So but let's say, let's say that l- doesn't mean, let's say you give me two loans to underwrite. Right. And I, and I used to be able to underwrite three loans in a week. Okay. I do those two loans. I don't have any other work to do. I can't log a workout in. That's my fault. There's no work to do. No, 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 no. First of all, there's no work to do. You should be doing other things that help benefit. Okay. The I'll ask your fiduciary duty to the shareholder is to get paid for the time that you are committed to the job. And Absol- if you are on the job, you should be I'm equally work- returning that commitment. I'm, I'm working out during my lunch hour. Which is fine. Yeah, yeah. You could do that at the office too. There's a gym right next door to us. That costs $250 a month? God what if, what damn. If I got you- Dude, okay, so what, I have a friend. What if I got you a corporate discount Hold on, I have what, a friend. What, no, no, what if I got you a corporate discount for that? What if it was half what's, as what's much a cor- for you? What's a corporate discount? It's half as much for you. Okay, I have a garage gym at home. That's free. Free yeah. 99 Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. I got a half rack in there. I got a lap pull down machine. I got I got a sled. I got a treadmill. So now I you got know a dumb- lot of everybody I listens got, to the show about got, you actually using that gym. I got dumbbells that go from twelve all the way to eighty. You didn't lament to me just a couple of days ago that you got a gym twelve feet away from you. You never go to. I, I have been going. You've been getting the notifications. No, no, no. That was since Sarah challenged you to a workout. Don't don't lie to everybody, bro. Don't, like don't lie to you. By the way, so I just found out about Lifetime Fitness. We're going to change this now? No, seriously. Okay, so I have some friends that just signed up. Yeah. It is fucking bananas. Yeah. The perks that come with that place, it's unreal. I think there's one in Nelly Gale. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Okay, that's the one that they went and signed up at. I've been watching them build the bar from my office because I'm, I'm like, you know, on the eighth floor. Are you, would, would you consider switching over from Equinox? No, because American Express covers my Equinox membership for free. Damn. And it's $315 a month. They pay for me to go there. And it's part. So keep in mind, so my $5,000 a year fee that I pay for the black card. See why? Why there's certain? I'm just telling you why. You, the, why you, I do it? Why you make me sound like a dick? You you know I'm helping you realize you sound like a dick. No, I'm helping you realize that you don't like me because <laughs> I tell you honestly how things are. Okay. Okay. I pay. The only reason I actually agreed to get the card is my wife and I both go to Equinox. 
Yes. And then unfortunately, my wife afterward now joined a private gym. In let me ask you, when's the last time you went to, <laughs> let me ask you a question. When's the last time you went to Equinox? I've been busy, bro. It's not it's the point. I've been, I've been busy. I got a private locker there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You got, it's got your name. It's got your name on it. No, they, Dude, did, they, remember, do, that, they do that at, at, uh, at uh, Lake Shore 24 Tower. Hour Fitness, Lakeshore Towers. Yeah. This one does. I'm not going to lie to you. That subtle detail was, was pretty cool. This one, just, yeah, this one just has your number on it. But I'll tell you right now. What's weird is you go into this locker room, which is like the private locker room. So they do like a retinal scan before you can get in. You get into this private locker room, right? It's private facilities, like Damn, all the crazy. wood and everything else. Yeah, it's cool. But I get in there and I'm like, y'all like five. How y'all got, how can you can afford this? Right. And I go in the middle of the day and I'm like, what? As much as you think it's corporate executives, it's usually young people who want to chop it up with people making more money than them. Yeah. I swear to God, I'm in there. Like some of the time I'm in there, I'm like, I know you're only talking to me because you want something. So you want to hear a crazy story? No. So back in the <laughs> back in the day, so at at Lakeshore Tower, uh, that twenty four hour fitness, the yeah. Ultra Sport, the one with uh, carpet in the gym floors. Remember uh, we had carpet in the locker room? Oh, in the locker room. Yeah, right? that was dirty. That was that was dirty. But the basketball courts there were good. Sometimes there used to be some really good runs there, right? Yeah, I used to go there and play. I know. Yeah. Um, trying well, to I, I'm trying to say something for you to agree with me so we can continue on the story. That was a good job. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, the, the games there were pretty good and I didn't have enough money to sign up for a membership there. So, uh, somebody told me like, Hey man, let me pull you aside. He's like, how much do you think that person at the front desk is getting paid? I was like, I don't know. Why is was that? It, why it is me it? you told you this? No. I was like, why, why is that? Why is that relevant? I was like, like, listen, man, they don't get paid enough to care. Just walk in. Right. I was like, what? Really? That's the thing. No, I didn't tell you this. Is that, no. is that a thing? I was like, <laughs> I, I'm too, I, I'm, I, and I was scared too. I was young, uh, but I really wanted to see how those runs were. She's like, here, let me do you a favor. Pour a little bit of water on your head. I'll carry your bag in. Just say you left your cell phone inside and just go in. And I did. And that's the way I used to get into that gym just to get some runs in. <laughs> so let me just make sure I'm understanding. That's, understand. that's some gypsy shit, but so, I did so that. So you're, you're, you're a gypsy who likes to do that, that kind of shit. And that's okay. I, bro, I was, but I talk I, about how much I'm I was spending a, on the black card. I was a college, I'm a terrible human yeah, being. Listen, so I, was just, I was just a poor young man trying to get by. Okay. Did you ever go into the executive locker room while you were there? Yours, yeah. You gave me the code. I gave you the code. To your locker. We to shared my, a locker. Yeah, we shared, we shared my locker. Right? Yeah. And you walked on the floor, right? No. You yeah, never, with my you, shoes on. So you never took a shower and walked in that room? No, no, I never took a shower there. All right. So I had to give you two, two choices. On the last episode, going number two on a public toilet with no Why? No Why are you bringing this up I'm again? I'm just curious. I want to know where, where your mind's at. If you had to go number two in a public toilet with no like protection on the toilet seat, just just on top of it, okay. Or you could walk on that dirty floor. Which one would you do? Those, both of those are terrible options. I'm just you have to pick one. I'm not picking any of those. You have to pick one. I'm not doing that. Why? Yeah, no, neither, neither. That seems to be very convenient for you. <laughs> yeah, payroll. Wait, no, wait. Payroll growth. But wait, no, I'm I'm talking about a show now because you don't want to you don't want to share. That's okay. fine. No, no, no. everybody's feelings. That's fine. But back, real quick, back to that AI, because I got something on that. Well, AI? We, we were talking about AI. You yeah, we were, talk, we were. We were talking about it. We were, we're, what? We Microsoft? Were, we're talking about Microsoft investing $10 billion into it. That was the metaverse. And you were talking, and you're talking, AI? And you're talking about Facebook. I'm, so, ChatGBT. That, that, you just skipped topics by like five things. That, why do we even go over the show before we start? <laughs> oh, this, this is interesting, right? So, ChatGBT right now, you know who's using it? So, I guess it came out that... Uh, ChatGPT was able to pass some like law school exams, right? Pass some MBA, pass some bar exams, yeah, yeah, bar exams. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. People, college students are using it like left and right. Apparently, there's a survey. How, you know how ChatGPT works and how it came, it came to be? How, I don't know how it came to be. No. So did you, did you hear Lex Friedman on Joe Rogan's podcast? Yes, I spoke. I, I listened to that, and that's part of what I wanted to get into. Did you listen to that whole thing? Uh, not the entire thing, but I listened to it. Uh, so I, I while you talk about this, Odin, can you pull up? 
Open AI fake girls for OnlyFans. Wait, what in the fuck? They Don't talk, pull that up on my computer, they, bro. They, <laughs> they, they pulled this up on the podcast, but go ahead. Go to images. Creepily realistic AI models threatening OnlyFans. Okay, okay see, see, that, see that girl? See those girls on the far right? That's all open AI. None of those girls are real. Get the fuck. And they, they, they started OnlyFan pages based off of this. This is brilliant. People are paying. But look, they, if you zoom in on that picture, they highlighted all the areas that are fake. So it's not, you can't tell like. What do you mean? Certain areas of the photo are fake? Or yeah. Because like girls are fake. The girl, the whole photo is fake. So, but if you uh, zoom in on the, if you zoom in on the photo. On Thank the, God this is on a Rune's computer. I know, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm married. I love my wife. I adore my wife. She's beautiful. I, yeah. I'm only looking at Look at this the door. Look at the door in the purposes. background. That's not a real. Oh, yeah. That's not, like that's not, that's not a real door. If you look at some some of their like fingers and their hands, like it's not real. And they all kind of look the same. And they all look the same, right? So people are making fake accounts using artificial intelligence, crushing it. Yeah, I mean, does it really matter if 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 it if it makes somebody turned on, right? Like it, it's doing its job. Come on, man. What do you mean? It's a fake. It's a fake account. It's misrepresentation. Okay. No, no, no. Let me ask you a question. All right, and uh, uh, will you take it off off this topic because it'd be sexualized. Right. And I don't want you to get turned on in the middle of the show. Well, you're on TRT. I am on TRT. Anything, anything. Gets me <laughs> like, I can brush by a doorknob sometimes. In my, in my, <laughs> no, no, the don't. physiology yeah, just yeah, works yeah, on its yeah, own. Yeah. It's like you're 18 again. It's very weird. It's very weird. Actually, I, true story. We'll get back to this in a second. True story. I was in my clinic today to get the uh, Thursday. I get my shot. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm in there and I'm sitting there by myself and everybody there. And I talk to everybody. You like I know him. And this guy walks in. He's like, "Hey, man, I was taking my kid next door and I saw you guys do like hormone replacement therapy and and my kids, you know, getting like." I'm just worried about water retention. <laughs> that's what you're worried about? And I'm like, so I'm just looking at him talking to the girl at the front desk. And I was like, that's it, huh? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, water retention. And I'm like, so you wanted to come into a hormone replacement therapy clinic and talk about water retention? And he goes, yeah. And I go, you know, you don't want to know uh, some of the real impacts and how I feel? And he's like, what do you mean how you feel? I said, I've, I've been on it for a while now, about a year. Yeah. He had like a myriad of questions. Of course, yeah. And I'm and I'm sitting here going, "Why did you start off with the water retention?" He's like, "Cuz I'm embarrassed." I know, there's a bad stigma to it. I don't I don't, to it. I don't I don't understand. I mean, it's sad, right? I mean, it cuz it goes to the whole like bodybuilder, right? Uh, experience that people go through and you're not taking those levels. So, it doesn't matter about the stigma, it only matters how you feel, right? 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 So, if you're a guy and you go to an OnlyFans for a not real person, it doesn't matter about the stigma. Come on, man. It only matters how you feel. Don't judge this. Don't do this. You got to give me props. I set you up for that nice yeah, and tight. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I did. No, no. Yeah, you, 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 come on. It doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter if the girl's a real human being or if it's just some. What about a piece of art? Effectively, it's a piece of art. You like a piece mm-hmm. of art. Okay. If someone's so willing let's go to back. pay to see the piece of art, let's, let's... Do you, would you be willing to pay to go see the Mona Lisa? Oh, man. I guess. In the Lurver? Yeah. Okay. Would you pay to go see that? No. Yeah. You would, yes or no? It's very. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get off the the analogy that I have in my head. I'm not going to bring it up. We Do can't, it. I, we look, can't get canceled. I, I, no, I, I would like canceled. for you to get canceled. I know you would. Please, say Omar, go no, ahead. No, no. You want to give out your address too while you're at it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nah. Not, I'm not touching it. Not touching it. So you just want to skip right over to the private right. private No, but so, so I, I in addition, in addition to that, apparently, real estate agents are using ChatGPT for their listings now. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. And I got to tell you, first of all, this is going to sound so bad. There are some real estate agents who are great. Tons of integrity, classy, been around doing it a long time. Mm -hmm. And there are some real estate agents that got into the business because all they want to do is make a quick buck. Yeah. 
And for, for me, that seems like the kind of people who would be doing this. I mean, yeah. And I, look, I, I, I get it that AI is great. So the reason why this works as well as it does is they use coding and a codex for logic, for reasoning, mm -hmm. right? Think of it as like, if this, then that algorithms. Right. But it takes a long time for it to learn something new. Right. But effectively, its neural network, its brain is the entire internet. Right. It has access to all of those things. One of the coolest features that I, I saw it do was like you can have it write um, a joke that represents or make it seem like somebody's saying it specifically. Yeah, so yeah. you can ask it to say, write a joke like Louis C.K. And it, it'll, no, it'll, even better, you can write a, write a Joe Rogan joke in the form of Louis C.K. Better. and it can do that. Yeah, so like it can make a, a, a joke on like apes and evolution, but in the form of like Louis C.K. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, I, I honestly think this is a dangerous inflection point, to be honest with you. Mm. Like how far down this path before something becomes self aware? Oh, yeah. Or, I mean, 10 years? I mean, you're, you're probably. And here's the thing that scares me. This is like every scary movie you've ever seen about AI. Yeah. Right? Like, if this thing gets self-aware and it becomes sentient. Yeah. And has access to every single website in the world. I mean, this is assuming that we as humans don't have access to Neuralink through, you know, Elon Musk kind of concept. Right. That's a dangerously powerful and intelligent yeah. thing. Can you imagine if it was just like open, like on our phone and like you and I are in here talking about how to read the show notes and in what order and then you leave the room and then it just chimes in. Hey, Saeed, fuck that guy. Yeah. You, don't, you don't need him. Can no. you imagine? We have that right now. It's called the intern. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, but it's, it's, we're at a point now where, look, here's the thing. If you're a kid and you're in high school mm -hmm. and you need to write an essay, you go to ChatGPT and you get the essay done. Yeah. No, that that's already happening. So they've already transitioned now to everything being handwritten again. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so you remember back, then, I don't know, like you went to college like 60 years ago, but like when I was in college, when you would buy, go buy like the Scantrons, you could also buy like a blue book where you would have to write your essay format. So they're back to doing that now. So when I chiseled my stuff, and you, you <laughs> yeah, know what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah, I don't like you some days. <laughs> I know. This is one of those days. <laughs> this is one of those days. This is one of those days. You're supposed to be the chief economist of the highest standard. Now you just sound like a bad person. No integrity. No integrity. Zero. None. Yeah, well, I'll tell you right now. I have I have played with Chat GBT. I saw have I, and I it, it I couldn't get it to work the first couple of times. I don't know why. Mm. And then I started to figure it out. I actually wrote, I wrote, intern made a terrible joke. I'm not even reading that. On the no, air. we can't touch you're, that. You're can't touch that. that. Yeah, you're a terrible human being. Yeah, I, I hope you fart while you're sleeping. <laughs> yeah. uh, I um, I played with it, and then I actually tried having it write a script for a YouTube video. Oh really? Yeah, and it it was a really good script. What, what kind of what kind of script? I said, give me a YouTube video on mistakes that people make entering into the real estate business, and it gave me. And, oh, I said, give me a five to eight minute video, and it gave me. And then it gave me the script. Wow! And I started reading, going like, damn, this is better than my videos, dude. And I I, I almost so I have a teleprompter in here. I'm thinking about. Imagine you should do. I'm thinking about doing YouTube videos like this. I mean, you should. And but disclaimer be like. Hey, guys, like do a review of ChatGBT. Be like, I asked ChatGBT to write, you know, a script on how to sell a home quickly. And then just read off that and see what kind of reviews you get. I know. I, I think everybody listening to the show owes it to themselves to see what all the hype is about. Mm -hmm. This thing has grown 
extraordinarily fast. Right now, it's free. It's free, but they have a they have a paid version coming. Yeah, I think it's like they say it's going to be like forty two dollars a month or something. Which like that. who the hell's paying for that? I mean, look, depends on what value you're going to get from it. I right? gave you a wide open opportunity to say the same assholes who pay for Twitter Blue. Yeah, I gave you a wide open opportunity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on, every college student, come on, every single one. You think? Yes, they got student loans. That's why they give them the student loans, right? It's like, God damn it. School's becoming crazy. Yeah, he just pulled it. Oh, like, the New York Times said open AI offering new version of ChatGBT at $20 monthly fee. Why are you lying to our audience, Said? No, I, I, I read somewhere that it was, it was $42. All right. Well, let's leave open AI behind and talk about payroll, private payroll growth. I think um, <laughs> the, whole, the whole open AI, we should probably do a full episode on ChatGBT and open AI. And I think we should do it in the context of like actually querying, querying certain things. <laughs> Be careful how <laughs> yeah, you I'm, say that. I'm just, I can't articulate the word very well. Yeah. But we should do it on an episode like live and see what it comes up with. Yeah, I love that, yeah. All right, so according to a CNBC article, private payroll growth has slowed to 106,000 in January as weather hit hiring, ADP says. So private companies added just 106,000 new workers for January down from an upwardly revised 253,000 the month before and well below the 190,000 Dow Jones estimate. Right, most of the growth came in hospitality, right? So <laughs> this is my article I put up. You want to go ahead and just read it all? Why is it about you and me? Why are you doing it's this? It's a show. It's we're, we're giving people content. <laughs> okay. Most of, mm-hmm. your, your knuckles are very hairy today. <laughs> it is. Go ahead and read. My knuckles look like Robin yeah. Williams' face. You keep rubbing that pole in front of me too. It's yeah. very awkward. Can you stop rubbing the pole? <laughs> move your hand. Move, move your hand for a second. It's very I see this nut, like fuzzy digits just rubbing the thing in front fuzzy. of me. Just look at, read the article, okay? Well, most of the growth came in hospitality and the Don't rub your industry. chest Harry Knuckles. Stop rubbing stuff. <laughs> stop. It's my tick, man. Leave that my tick alone. Leave it. It's leave bad. It's, like, it's very distracting. Yeah. Why are you looking at me? It's just because you're rubbing everything. It's just weird. Are you, look, are you on something? Look at the intern. This is ecstasy? <laughs> <laughs> So the intern's a very hairy man. His knuckles are not as hairy as yours. Yeah. Well, this guy, this guy like takes a razor to his shit. As you should. Good job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do. Come on. Yeah. I seen the razor in the shower, bro. Do a little something. You you seen his shower? Yeah. What do you mean? Of course. I don't see a lot of dude showers, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. He's, he's, he's my, that's all you. He's my no, brother-in-law. What are you talking about? Whoa, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know that. Just just read the third paragraph. <laughs> Most of the growth came in the hospitality industry for bars, restaurants, and hotels, added ninety-five thousand positions. So this is this is way down from uh, what they had expected. Now. This isn't the jobs report that, you know, the Fed likes to look at. I think the jobs report actually comes out tomorrow, first Friday of every month. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, so that's that's the one that um, I guess will be looked at more by the Fed, but... That and the jolts. Jolts! Jolts! Reports. One benefit that the Fed does have that we should mention before the next Fed meeting is they'll have two prints of the CPI inflation report. This is off the dome, or you had this prepared? Or no, I just, I just realized that. Well, by, t- by the time it comes out, so the next the it comes out February fourteenth, Valentine's Day. I expect my Valentine's Day card from you in the mail. Papy- I'm gonna papyrus too. I papyrus card. I don't like papyrus, man. I know they I just. Like how little, do they do that to us? Old. Who does that? There's a new company. I got an app. I should call uh, Postpunk. Po- it's an app. Yes, yeah, so you you can actually write what you want in the card, and they'll they'll hand handwrite it for you as the card you pick online, and they'll mm-hmm. they'll mail it out for you. Oh, that's good. So you can go to ChatGBT. You can write, ask it to write something, copy, yeah. paste, done. Dude, we're just All kicking right. game to everybody. I'm, now. I'm gonna. I have to get something off my chest. You? I do. Yeah. 
I want to be honest. Okay, and this is about honesty. This is not about, this is just me being real. Really? Okay. Okay. So, I have a, a new uh, person in the office helping me out. Okay. Uh, in addition to my current admin. So, you got you have two admins now? Right. No, one of them is temporary. We're, we're going to train her up into a got broader it. role. Got it. But the one that I have, she's extremely talented. Mm-hmm. I was lamenting to her that I didn't have time to send my wife flowers. I like to send my wife flowers. Oh. And she she helped me find some flowers. And she said, my wife knows this part already. So, oh, no you t- okay. So, I she helped- say, did you take credit for it at first? No. No, no, I was forthcoming. I said, like, I it was my idea. Okay. But she helped me order it. Mm-hmm. And my wife's not a huge flower person, even though she's got a tattoo of flowers on her shoulder, which is weird. Succulents, right. but whatever. Got it. So, but in the vein of being honest, mm-hmm. I did not write the card. <laughs> she did. She did? She did. Wow. And she said, like, are you okay with this? And I was like, yes. Wow. I did bless it. You did bless, yeah. I did bless it. You didn't have to review and approve it. It was a power move, right? Right, yeah. Is it very different than ChatGBT? Uh, oh, wow, you're hesitating. No, it is, oh, very, wow. it is very different because it is different. Why is because it? you have to go to ChatGBT and request it, whereas she just took it upon herself and did it. Well, I mean, I told her why I was sending flowers. I said my wife was having a tough day. Yeah, but you didn't tell her to put a card on it. That, that's, that's, well, a card comes with flowers. That's, that's, that's part an extra, of the order. That, that's a bonus point. I mean, no, she did an amazing job. That's an and one. That's an and one for my free My wife throw. was happy with the cars. She was happy. Everybody was happy. Like, it's a win. Yeah? Am I a bad person? Are you a bad person? You're always a bad person. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> always. ADP chief economist Neela Richardson said, weather factors were at play in hiring strong. Hiring was strong outside of the reference week the firm uses to compile the report. Mm. Meh. Meh. Fact of the matter is, is, the Fed is actually somewhat successful in slowing some of the job growth. I think definitely the wage growth. Wage, wages aren't right now keeping up with inflation. We know that there's hiring freezes, right? And actually, some companies are actually cutting back people's bonuses. I heard today that another bank in our sector is having zero salary increases, and they're having a very tough time. It's a very successful bank. They're probably a super regional bank, not necessarily a community bank. They're pretty big. Mm-hmm. And I heard there's no salary increases, hiring freeze, and they're not replacing anybody who's lost position wise. They're not replacing anybody that's lost. So position. if somebody, well, you can't, right? You well, can't for the first six months or something like that. No, no, no. If somebody resigns or somebody's fired for cause, stuff like that. Oh, for cause, not, not a reduction in force, but just Got it. they're not replacing those positions either. Right. Which is interesting, but it, it goes to show you that. We don't always hear, you You don't always get the PR externally of what's happening mm-hmm. inside some of these companies, even at publicly traded companies. Right. You know, sometimes the media just doesn't latch onto it. Sometimes it's just not that sensational, especially when everybody else around you is having the same problem. Mm-hmm. All these tech companies having layoffs. I guarantee the smaller tech companies that had layoffs, they just didn't make headlines. Yeah. So it, 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 is, it is palpable. And look, the whole point of this whole thing, I've had this conversation probably with 10 people over the last couple of days. The point of the whole thing, quantitative tightening, Fed monetary policy currently mm-hmm. is to pull liquidity out of the market. Some of that liquidity means you make less money. Right. Some of that liquidity means is there's less money out there to spend. This is why saving your money right now and being prepared for an investment opportunity is so key. So key and not racking up more credit card debt during this time. Because we heard in the last episode that two out of three Americans cannot afford a $400 unexpected expense. Right. This includes earners up to $100,000, which is almost effectively double 
right. the average income across country. Right. The current average credit card APR is 23.39%. God yeah. damn. Yeah. Effectively 25%. Yeah. Think yeah. about that. 25% is your interest. That's a terrible number. That is a terrible number. Yeah. I mean, so, I don't know. It's a tough time. It's a tough time for people that have racked up that debt, but I mean, what is what can they do to get out of it? Man, I've been having, so I think I told you this the other day. There's probably like, like no, I told this to, to Hugo when we were driving the car. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but a number of people have come up to me in the office, and I, it's funny because every time I bring this up, somebody somebody's like, oh, you talked about me. I'm glad I can provide content for the show, and it's like, no, it wasn't you. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they, they, they want to know if they can get some of that monetization. So here's the honest to God truth. At, at this point in time, there's probably 15 to 20 people that have reached out to me about their personal financial situation and wanting to improve it in different ways, right? Some people have credit card debt. Some people want to buy a home. Mm-hmm. Some people just want to be more independent. Some, one person reached out to me for a divorce attorney and wants to, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people who reach out and I think this happens to you too, where we, you, you build this rapport with people on the show and, and you say over and over again, you have my personal mobile, like you can reach out to me. Like, right. I, like you, you have this outlet and they take advantage and I'm so happy and I, it's great they do that. Right. But what's interesting to me is that the themes from a psychological perspective are the same. Which is? It's they all know what to do. They all know that this needs to be done. Right. But they just want to hear it from somebody else almost. It's like they need like that, that reassurance that this pain they're going to put themselves through in order to get what they want to done needs to be done. Yeah. Generally speaking, people know know the right answer. It's just a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, it's t- because everybody else is still out there doing the things you see them doing. It's keeping up with the Joneses. It's just on a different level, right? Like mm-hmm. all your friends are going out drinking. All your friends are going out to the club. Right. Yo, man, clubs these days are ridiculous. Who's going to clubs? I, well, I mean, just saying. Like, if you, were, I went to a, my wife in Vegas. Remember when I told you we went to Vegas? Yeah. Oh, for the UFC fight. Yeah, some of those drinks, man, and some of the bars like twenty, thirty dollars a drink. Crazy. And I'm sitting here going like. Three, four drinks, man. That's 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 one hundred and fifty bucks. Tax yeah. tip, everything else. I mean, nothing for for someone like you, but I mean, I mean, I, mean, I have that in like. <laughs> I couldn't even do it. I, was, I, was, I, was, I know you. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, man, I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. It's, I don't carry bills that small and everything. Yeah. But. Oh shit! This is terrible. This dude came up to me today. I'm a, I shouldn't admit this. I was at In and Out because we had to go to the, the other branch. I was by In and Out. Mm-hmm. So going to stop, and we had some phone calls. And uh, this dude comes up in the parking lot. And he's like, he's got first of all, he's got like a jug. It's like a protein jug, protein powder jug, but it says like Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the front. It's mm-hmm. like taped up around it. It's nothing official. And he's like, Hey man, uh, you spare any change for your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? <laughs> and I was like. In my mind, I'm like, you're not Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. This, this is weird. And then he's like, and I, so I said to him, I turn around and said, hey, man, I only carry cards. Yeah. I don't carry cash. That's my go-to line. What did he say to you? He's like, you just got in and out. Yeah. And I'm like, they take cards. I'm like, you want me to buy you a burger? And he goes, no. I oh Yeah, I always offer to buy food. Yeah, he goes, no. Yeah. And he's like, you had to pay somehow. And I'm like, I, I paid it. I'm like, do you got like a... I you can't know, remember. Square account or something? Yeah. Like you, you I, I know. I, I, can't, I, I, can't, I can't remember. Somebody did tell me that once that they that somebody on the street was asking for money, said I only carry cards, and he was like, well, can you Venmo me? Yeah. yeah come come on. on, bro. Come like, on, come bro. on now. What are we doing? 
Straight hustling. Uh, what a great segue into Bloomberg's article about U.S. jobs, job opening surging past 11 million as a Fed zeroes in on labor. Ooh, ominous. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so we talked about this, right? It's, it, the reading was at 1.9. It's highest, highest it's been in a long time. Read the sentence above that, though, Chief. That's the one, one I like. Read that one. Which one? December increases in vacancies led by two sectors. Mm-hmm. Leisure. Leisure. And hospitality. Which are direct consumer discretionary spending. The consumer is pulling back, kids. Right. The, the fun times, the festiveness, all this stuff you're hearing in the media, all this sensationalism, all this sensitivity, that means people are pulling back. Right. Which means if you want to be a savvy investor mm-hmm. and you want to short some stocks, hey, I don't know. Maybe leisure and hospitality, Maybe. okay? Yeah. I'm not giving you stock advice, but I'm saying people on the show are like, oh my God, man, you guys pretty, only talk about negative stuff. I'm pretty sure we you should tell people the, to you short stocks. You the opportunity, huh? I'm pretty sure we should tell people to short stocks. I'm just saying, like, if, if there's a sector that you should be concerned about, consumer discretionary spending in the next couple months will take a hit. That's just a real thing. Right. If you can find a way to, way to make money off that, good for you. Right. I, I put a, a a link in the show notes. Uh, we don't look at your links in the show notes. We, yeah, we, we kind of um, laugh at real them. Real disposable uh, uh, personal income. That's now yeah right there. Look at that. Tracked that, by uh, Fred Data. Yeah, tracked by Fred Data. That's the, now dropped. That's now dropped to like pre-pandemic levels. Yeah, but look how steady of an increase it was from 1950. Look at that sharp way. decline though. Yeah, but God then it just damn, spiked up. But real, real disposable personal income spiked up because we were giving out free money. Yeah, of course, exactly. Those so stimmies. Move that cursor all the way to the left there, Chiefy. So look where it's at now. If you were to remove the free money that we put in, mm-hmm. it's effectively just dipping down but creeping now back up. It's the same as it was pre-pandemic. Right, exactly. Just, Nothing it just has came, changed. It just came back to pre-pandemic levels. And what do we know? Credit card debt now is at an all-time high, mm. right? Wages, wage growth is, is slowing down. We're expecting, the Fed has come out and said, we expect a 4.6 unemployment rate, which means what? Another million jobs lost. Mm-hmm. So Personal savings rate has plunged. Plunged. And personal savings in and of itself is also decreasing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're seeing all, all the things that are not ideal for consumer spending. And then you have subprime auto debt. Right. Which is now paying, I think that's an article in the... Uh, in the show notes, if, yeah, it's if you, a Bloomberg one. If you in turn would stop playing around with the graph from the, from the right St. There. Louis Fed, he's doing a great job tonight. He's doing yeah. a great job tonight. You are sexy. You also subscribe to all these services, so we don't have to pay for them. <laughs> uh, according to Bloomberg, yeah, you, you know, hey, you know how uh, go down? Can you scroll down a little bit? Let me see. It's all uh, blacked out. Yeah. I was gonna say, I was like, oh man, you know how I know you don't read Bloomberg because you still have access to it. <laughs> <laughs> we have a Bloomberg terminal in the office. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I read, I read all the news on Bloomberg all the time. So. More Americans are falling behind on car payments than during the 2008 financial crisis. That sounds sensational, but let me read the numbers to you. I think they, they give you a bit of a different spin, but it is still an important number. In December, the percentage of subprime auto borrowers who were 60 plus days late on their bills rose to 5.67%, up from a seven-year low of 2.58%. So let's just call it about half in April of 2021, mm. around the same time that stimmies were being handed out, according to Fitch Ratings. That compares to 5.04% in January 2009, the peak of the Great Recession. So we are above the Great Recession subprime auto debt defaults at 5.67%. Yeah, this is the bubble. This is the bubble that's going to pop first, right? This one right here, car repossessions. 
Yeah. Well, so the Dodd-Frank Act came out in in the mortgage banking world, and it changed the way banks lent. So what is the Dodd-Frank Act? So, well, I'll, I'll summarize it in, it in a less official way because I think it makes it easier to understand. So, yeah. Talk to your audience, not your peers. <laughs> oh, God. Adam would be so proud of you if he yeah. listens to the show still, but he doesn't. <laughs> he don't listen. Yeah. He don't listen. He literally said, I don't listen to you guys anymore. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> he told, they totally criticized us. Yeah, They're totally. like, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> no, no, he's taking shots. It's fine. It's fine. We, you, we, you we could be a lawyer hey, or a banker. Yeah, yeah. And not know how to talk to hey, your audience. We, hey, we Ouch, can, bro. Words hurt. Hey, we can take constructive criticism. No, we can't. I can't. Yeah. Too big of an ego. Yeah. Um, so after the Great Recession, the the way that our politicians decided that we should handle the situation is that we would be proactive versus reactive to the idea of potential credit losses. Right. And we would also make sure that simple things could be done by the consumers who were applying for debt. Mm-hmm. Like they had a ability to repay. Right. And they instituted a rule called the ability to repay rule. Which is so wild to think that something like this wasn't in <laughs> yeah. place up front. This is largely what did away with things like stated income loans, no income, no document loans, and all those things that were kind of crazy right, prior the, to the Great Recession. Yeah, for those who are uninitiated, back in the day, you could apply for a house and just tell the bank how much you made. I make a million dollars a month. I want this house with these large pillars in yeah. Bel Air. That's me. And people got it. Yep. And it drove prices up, and it was part of what brought the whole mar- market down. Obviously, there there was a bit of a hybrid synthetic mortgage pool, so- to give you an idea, is that loans that were like that, where someone said, I make a million dollars a month, give me this big-ass house in Hollywood Hills, yeah. got sold in the pools by several different companies. Mm-hmm. And all these companies pooled these loans together with different underwriting standards, different ways of, of determining whether somebody had an ability to repay. And right. largely, it was because they said they had an ability to repay. And, well, the risk, the hybrid risk of these pools of loans together was impossible to really classify and quantify. Yeah. And they were really deemed to be not as any more risky than loans that had full documentation. Yeah. Somebody who gave you a W-2 and a mortgage statement and everything else. Well, that turned out to be very wrong. Mm-hmm. And the trading of those assets on the secondary market are what brought the market down. Right. So these rules, the, the ability to repay rule, the Dodd-Frank uh, Reform Act and all these things that came about as a result of the Great Recession were meant to prevent this from happening and putting some standardized process in place to make sure that people have the ability to actually pay the loan that they're getting. I love this rule. It's a great rule. Mm-hmm. So that being said, the rule got put in place and it really did impact the way banks lent. Even now there are some stated income loans and there's some equivalents of that. Mm-hmm. It's generally not banks. It's usually lenders. And those programs are hard to find. Okay. In the subprime auto market and in the auto market in general, there was not a reform like this. Oh, wow. So they're still at it the same way they were during the Great Recession. And as you saw by the data here, the defaults are even higher than they were post-Great Recession. I can totally see that. I mean, especially with the way uh, some cars were being sold above market, like 20% 20 above market. And I think we looked up on a previous episode recently that the average median salary is 50, 55 grand, right? Mm -hmm. So what's the average car payment now? Like $800, $900? Yep. Think about that it. That is like, correct, sir. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just setting people up for failure. So, you know, the Dodd-Frank Reform Act really acts like that really protect the the borrowers from themselves. Yeah, they do. And they protect everybody in the system. Mm-hmm. The ecosystem, uh, the financial ecosystem is protected by these rules. And I think they're really important. But when it comes to anything that's really truly subprime, 
mm-hmm. understand that some of these subprime auto companies make money on you not paying them back. Mm. They want you to default so they can take the car back and flip it and make money on the car and then put out another loan, right. a subprime auto loan, especially in the interest rate increasing market because that's subprime auto rates, right. those are going up. If I repossess your car, Saeed, because you defaulted at 7% mm-hmm. and rates are now at 7.5%, right. I can go back out and now re-get that, get 50 basis points higher. Right. And I'm probably going to have some repossession fees and some fees and taking the car back and I'm going to make some money on the mm. car as well. That's just And that's just predatory lending. It is. But that's really what subprime is. And that's why we talk so much on the show about having a good FICO score and having good money to put down and being proactive in financial literacy. Right, and learning Because these this. things really matter. They do, yeah, exactly. Understanding the ripple effects. Mm. Wait, wait, don't leave this article. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Said. Oh, no. This was a gift. For me? For you. Fortune Crypto, huh? Fortune Crypto, brother. That's, that's where uh, we're, we're gathering our data from now, huh? Well... Fortune Crypto is the crypto part of Fortune. Uh, oh. so, I mean, so it, <laughs> nah. is, it is It is a little bit, you know, I would say Get reliable. Out. Yeah, yeah. But I thought you, having bastardized everybody in the crypto business and, and really talked no, a lot I of was, shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You said you hated everybody in crypto and they're the devil and you want them all to lose all their money. And I wanted you to have something optimistic to say to them. That's well, all. when we initially had this conversation, I was on board with you that potentially there could be something there in the blockchain. Were you really, though? I feel like yeah. when the microphones weren't hot, you were like, hey, man, I hope all these crypto but here's guys the problem. lose money. And I'm like, but here's that's the cold-blooded, dude. But here's the problem, right? What, what, you hate everybody what's the best? What, what's the best part about the blockchain? The best part about the blockchain? Yeah. Everybody can see it. Everyone can see it. Yeah. Right? That's all I hear everyone say. There's a lot of money missing from FTX, my friend. No, no, I get that. There's a lot of money that. that they can't seem that. to find still. Whether they've been able to re- get back billions of dollars, cool. Still billions of dollars missing. No, no, I get that. But he- here's, here's what I'll say to you, okay? That's all well and good for a worldwide blockchain. Okay. But blockchain chain technology inside of a company mm-hmm. with titling and access can be extremely helpful. Right. I mean, I don't understand it to be able to even comment on it. I Maybe just, you should ask ChatGPT. Chat, yeah, exactly. Please explain the blockchain. <laughs> the I bet blo- you get a dope-ass answer, too. We, yeah, Pretty seriously. fire answer. Yeah. So, California DMV is now on the blockchain. And an article by Fortune is Crypto. This a, it's official? It's official, yeah. Wow. And, and it literally said why that's a bigger deal than you might think. If they give the public access to their internal blockchain, mm-hmm. you can see the history of ownership on a vehicle you want to buy down to the manufacturer and the first buyer. Okay. So I've never you, ran into this issue though. Like, dude, have you ever tried to buy a car from somebody in the secondary market, like no. pink slips and that whole thing? No, I've sold. Okay. When you sell, when you sold your car, you had a pink slip, right? Yes. Was the car paid off when you sold it? Yes. Okay. So you had actually had the pink slip. When you don't have the pink slip, it's even more complicated. But let's just go with this, yeah, this exactly. example. Someone gave you a money order, a cashier's check, cash. What did they give you? Yeah, cashier's check. Cashier's check. Okay. And then you gave them a pink slip, right? That person didn't know if it was a fabricated pink slip from you. You were on the selling end. Right. You got a cashier's check. And let's be honest, you didn't really I know mean, the cashier's check I 100%. Have, but I'll be honest, I know a lot of people that have sold cars on the secondary market. I have never heard this be an issue, that they got a fake pink slip. Well, okay. Let, let's take cars out of the picture. How many people you know about fake Louis Vuitton bags? Well, I, I guess it happens. How many people you on know? On purpose. Okay. 
on okay. purpose. All right. Let's make it real. Let's make it real and and relevant to current stuff that we're doing. By the way, I don't like your shoes you're wearing. I knew you were gonna go to terrible. Sneakers. I don't know what this is, what this is right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't He's know like boots slash yeah, Chelsea, vans. Chelsea boots. Chelsea van boots. Come things. on, man. He's not Chelsea boots though. See, I'm so far ahead. You, you know, can't. You don't understand Chelsea it. You don't understand with, it yet. With joggers, what's wrong with that? Chelsea boots and joggers don't go together, man. That's I. I'm that's starting thing. it though. That's that's not like peanut butter and jelly, bro. That's like <laughs> peanut butter orange juice. No, it's not. It is. It's Come not on. good. Okay. What's what's better, Sam? You wear you wear Crocs. How are you gonna talk to me? They're comfortable. (laughs) Form of function, man. You know what I mean. So look, I have a guy sending me two pairs of shoes right now. What a nice guy, Travis Scott. Does he listen to the podcast? Jordan ones. I don't think he does. You should put him on the podcast because I keep calling him a nice guy. He's He's very kind. Yeah, very kind guy. Yeah. In a pair of Union Jordan One highs. Yeah, send him my address. Both these shoes retail for over twenty five hundred bucks in the secondary market. Yep. Wouldn't it be amazing if I could literally log on mm-hmm. to Nike's blockchain and validate if these are real? Yeah, that would be amazing, right? Mm-hmm. That's the only thing DMV is doing right now. Okay, is they're setting it up to give you that level of confidence. Look. If it makes the experience of going to the DMV better and quicker, I'm all for it. How could it not? It should. I don't know. Wow. I hope someone from the DMV listens to this, and the next time you go into the show, they're going to be like, <laughs> are you Syed Omar from the higher standard? You're the chief economist, right? Yeah. Fuck you. Go back in the Dude, section I got, D. No, I got a juror summons the other day, and I knew it was from when I went to the DMV. Those months. Rookie those. mistake. Did you acknowledge it? Did you call yeah. in? Well, yeah, of course. Stupid, bro. Yeah. What? Just certi- ignore it? Did you get a certified mail? Yeah. No, no, no. Then how do they know they got it to you? Yeah. How you know it wasn't just lost in the mail? I don't know. I'm always hearing about people having a warrant out for their arrest for that shit. I'm like, oh, I'm not Is that a thing? To, that? Dude, after after like a certain number of times, yeah, for sure. I'll tell you the last time I went to jury duty, got punked. Really? I'll tell you the story. Dude, I'm trying to go to jury duty and not have to return back to the office. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> man. You go there, really? I'm, I'm, kidding. Mike? I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. Wow, you're not kidding. You literally <laughs> flipped me off when you said that with your hairy knuckles. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> two of them. Right. Two hairy knuckles. Yeah. It doesn't even offend me when you do that. I just worry about you getting crossed and like starting a fire or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I got called into jury duty a long time ago. I'll never forget. Mm. I was pissed. Right? I wanted to work. I, I knew this is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. The kid before me on the jury panel, it, this is part of the, the jury panel, right? They called the voir dire process. But basically, they're, both the prosecutor and the defendant were mm-hmm. interviewing uh the jury panel to see who they wanted to pick for the jury and then if they kick one out they sub another one in until they finally until settle they, on the they 12 agree on the 12 you know, right. in this case 12 yeah so i'm at the courthouse and they've they've settled on 11 mm-hmm. number 12 is being picked and the kid before me goes up and he goes uh your honor i'm in law school and um <laughs> oh no i'm i'm exceedingly stressed and and i want to participate this is so exciting but I just don't know that I can miss my final. And the judge goes, it's all right. Um, we totally understand. And, and the attorney goes, you know what? We don't want anybody with any kind of legal background here. Um, right, exactly. So you, we can go ahead and let him go. Mm-hmm. Judge goes, okay, cool. We'll, um, we'll let you go. Uh, thank you. You're excused. Mm-hmm. And I stand up. I'm the next person. I'm like, <laughs> I, know, I know I'm out. I'm an attorney, bro. They just said they don't want me. This right? is, so, so this is recent. Yeah, right? this yeah, wasn't okay. too long ago. Yeah. I'm, I know you don't want me. Right. Like, yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? So I have a legal background. Judge goes, okay, we'll see everybody tomorrow. Yeah. So I stand up and go, uh, Your Honor, um, I'm next. I've been here all day. 
Yeah, they want you to go basketball. I, I've been here all day. I'm an attorney. They they clearly said they don't want anybody with legal background. That's me. And yeah. the the actual prosecutor says, "Yeah, we're gonna excuse me, Your Honor." Yeah, the judge goes, "We'll deal with you tomorrow when you come in." Oh my God! And I go, Your Honor, respectfully, mm-hmm. the prosecutor just said he's gonna dismiss me. Mm-hmm. You could just say dismissed right now, and I could walk out there to the, the clerk's office and be dismissed. Yeah. And I don't have to come back tomorrow. I missed an entire day in the office today. And, you know, mm-hmm. he goes, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. And I go, no, you won't. <laughs> he goes, if you walk out that door, young man, I'm going to hold you in contempt of court. And I said, for what? And I said, you know what? I'm going to tell the clerk that you dismissed me because the prosecutor is going to dismiss me either way. You can deal with the paperwork in the morning. And I'm like, I walk out the door. Wow. I wouldn't have the balls. No way. Well, and this is such bullshit. So then the judge calls the clerk. By the time I get there, they're like, the judge is saying, if you don't, if you don't come back tomorrow morning, they're going to bring you back in for another jury duty. Mm-hmm. And I said, I invite him to try. Oh, my God. Why? Why are you this guy? I, because, dude, like they know they didn't. First of all, to go back, it's not like you just get there in the morning and they dismiss you. You wait until you're called in. That day I got there at like 8 or 9 a.m. or whatever time it was, mm-hmm. I didn't get called in until 1 o'clock. That's ego. That's ego on that guy's That's part, not... though. The judge. Because oh. he, he's, yeah, the, the, uh, he said that we're done for the day and then somebody stepped in. That's just ridiculous, man. That, ridiculous. That, that's that, that's where so, it's been. So something, I, I will something... say this. I never got called for Drew Duty afterward, though. Ever. Again. Really? Never again. Ever. So um, we were, I think, like in our early 20s and we had... So this is like 30 years for you? Yeah, 30, no, 30 years on, ago. Don't, you can't steal... That's my joke. Yeah, and well, now you use it on you. <laughs> yeah. So we were, fingers. we were in our early 20s playing in one of those like uh, weekend basketball tournaments and we went up to uh, San Francisco and um, the tournament was being held at a, at a high school up there. I'm eating food. Go ahead. Yeah, Chris is so fat. You're so fat. I'm not fat, bro. You shouldn't be eating this. I got to get my protein in. Just shut up and speak. (laughs) I got to get my protein (laughs) in. You got to keep your weight up, bro. To to maximize the gains at the gym, right? Mm. Yeah. Go ahead. Talk. Rewind them. So um, the tournament is being held at at a high school over there. And um, at this high school, the light right before was had a camera on the light back when there was cameras on all these lights, right? And it was the light that you would turn right into the high school. So I didn't know day one, it's broad daylight. I didn't even see the camera. I get to the light, it's red, and I just roll it and I go in. Wow, you criminal. Criminal, right? California roll. I'm doing this every time, the whole tournament, okay? So a couple times I get lucky, I, I hit it on the green. Basically, long story short, we come back from San Francisco and a week later in the mail, I get two you know, traffic light tickets. At this time, I had quit my job at the bank. I had saved enough money to, you know, support myself while I study for the LSAT, take the LSAT so I can get into law school. I had just enough money to prepare, right? So I get these two tickets. I'm like, man, this is bullshit. I'm going to drive back up to the Bay and I'm going to go to court and I'm going to ask the judge, just reduce one. I didn't know. Just make Bro, me- Bro, what was your gas up to the Bay? Make me- I had a Honda Civic back then. So yeah. what? That's gas prices, be hey, bucks, right? hey, gas prices aren't what they are now, right? So, inflation wasn't crazy. So, I go back up there. I wait, dude. I go up there by myself. I wait there. Judge pulls me up, calls my number. I'm ready. I practice my speech the whole time. He's like, Mr. Omar, 
Looks like we got you here for running two red lights. Like, well, I didn't. I mean, I, I turned right at the red light. I wouldn't call it like running a red light. It's like it's the same thing. So, uh, how can we help you? <laughs> I'm just like I was hoping to see if we can get reduced to one. I'm I'm a college student. I'm trying to get ready before I could even finish. He's like, son, let me tell you something. Three things I can't do. I can't wave driving in the carpool lane by yourself. Can't wave a DUI, and I can't wave uh, running a red light. The, the clerk will set you up with installments. Next. I was like, this fucking guy, bro. Come on, man. What kind of gypsy hustle shit is this? I had to pay like $1,000. Back then, that was like everything. So I, I've had so many interactions with judges like this where you just get like a unilateral answer. I wish I could say as an attorney, the justice system was fair. Yeah. Let me tell you right now, it's not fair. That shit ain't fair. I don't want to be, I don't be this guy, but I'll say like, look, you get some judges who really understand the material, but how how is you as how do you as a human not get immune to constantly hearing bullshit in the courtroom? Right, and they get very like quick to move, mm -hmm. but it's not in their interest to be objective and spend time and be thoughtful and pragmatic and get into it. Right, they're hearing your side, they're hearing their side, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Render a judgment, move on. Right. The law is not always fair, man. Right. And as much as I would like that it that it would be, I get why a judge does that. Like mm -hmm. I get I get how they get there, especially in like traffic judges. Mm -hmm. How many people are coming in going like, "Yo, that wasn't me, doc." Right. And it, I have a photo of you. Yeah. Yeah, but that wasn't me in the car though. But it, it's your car. Who's driving? Nah, but it, it wasn't it wasn't me though. The car was stolen that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy literally had a beer like me stole it. Yeah. But that, you know that that's exactly. so. At some point in time, I get you get jaded, but man. But it's like that in, in, in every industry, right? Like my cousin who's a doctor, I ask him, I'm like, how do, so a lot of people complain about, you know, big pharma and they're just trying to get you hooked on the pills, right? And I'm like, why not try to fix the root issue? Let's get you healthy first. Let's go to a, you know, a wellness center and all that. Y'all can't stop eating, dog. Yeah. He's like, he's like, listen, man, when you deal with the, all the people that we deal with and every person tells you, I'll fix it. I'll get healthy now. It's like, no, you won't, and no, you don't. So they don't even try with that. They're so desensitized to it all. Just throw them on a pill because they already know that they're not going to take care of themselves. Wow, that's very morbid. I mean, it is what it is, human behavior, right? Nah, man, I like to see the world as a better place. You can be uh, negative all you want, though. I love, I, I love being positive, though, like my man and Jop. <laughs> I saw the name. I was wondering if you were gonna say it. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't, I, hopefully, I said that right. The whole time I'm saying to myself, I'm gonna go as long in this conversation as he wants to go because I am not reading that fucking name. <laughs> hey, Anjop left us an honest five star review. Honestly, something to look forward to. Mm, thank you, Anjop. It's, it's got to be an acronym, right? Come on. I, I don't know. It, yeah. It, maybe that's his last name. Yeah. No. I can do a lot of jokes. I'm not gonna do. No, All right. Do each week, they drop good stuff for anyone to understand about the market or other financial topics. Mm. Yes, we do. Thank you for noticing. His name. Appreciate you, Anjop. There you go. I am a college dropout, gone entrepreneur. Good for you, brother. We love you. Mm -hmm. And really enjoy learning while laughing on the commutes to job sites. All right. I'm glad we he provide that value. And he listens to us. Yeah, we're leveraging humor. Although I got to be honest, the last two episodes haven't been that sassy. We've been a little sassy light. Sassy light, but people liked it. The I guess the reviews are, are showcasing that. I don't know, but I feel like the reviews come in like afterward, you know, like. I'm looking at the I charts. just feel like I'm some, at the charts, charts some of the humor that we drop mm -hmm. when, you know, we're a little more graphic is a little more. Well, we, well had, we, we had a, a dry January. This is the first time we've had drinks on the show. We've been very, very appropriate. It's very disappointing. Right. 
All right. Chris thinks Saeed is the most loved. Tommy. Tommy here. I'm going to pause for emphasis. Okay, ready? Yeah. But I think there is a mutual love for the hosts. God damn right there is. There is. There is. is. There is. Is. And I can tell you, as one of the co-hosts of the show, I apologize in advance for Saeed coming in here with a fucking low, low beard the other day. I do. It yeah. was very disappointing. Yeah, I know. Don't ever do that again. I was, it was very I, off-putting. It threw off the entire show for me testing last episode. Things, testing things out before YouTube comes out. What? No, 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 dude. You came in here looking like you were 12 year old. Yeah. It, it was. It was. It was. It was very off-putting. And I was like, "What in the shit just happened to your face?" I know. I know. It's gonna take another week to grow back. It was very off-putting. I'm telling you. Like, I I could not look at you the entire episode. Really? Yeah. It was. It, just was weird. That was the reason why? Well, that and your hairy knuckles. You keep rubbing everything. <laughs> this, is, this is your take. You rub everything. Yeah, it's very make it awkward. Just make it uncomfortable. It's just very awkward. All right. I found them through my, the Mind Pump podcast. Mm, shout out to Adam yeah. and Sal and Doug and Justin. Yeah, we love the guys. The whole crew. We love the team. And I got to tell you that they've been, uh, honestly, uh, a blessing for this show. And, and frankly, we, we very much value their friendship. And by we, I mean me. Society yeah. is a terrible human being. Come on. Which I think that the Higher Standard Podcast is the finance version that I don't, I didn't know I needed. Uh, couldn't it be a good review reading without Chris fumbling? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they will get some sponsors soon. We actually have one. <laughs> we are now sponsored by Keeps. <laughs> no, we're not. Helping you That's keep alive. your fuzzy knuckles alive. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true this yeah. it's not sponsored we're not sponsored by anybody we're never i'm getting, sorry we're it's never getting true. sponsored we're sponsored by hymns i mean <laughs> just what kind of sponsorship would make sense for us roman roman <laughs> <laughs> i think that that uh presion or presion whatever presion. yeah presion presion i gotta reach out to them yeah but listen guys we love your organic greens we talked about pooping green stuff on the show it's so good it's so good I, dr- I, had, I drank it on the way over here did you really i did Wait, wait, shake it up on like a shaker. You bring it in the car? No, uh, how about blended it for me and then gave it to me before I left? Wow, you make your wife? I don't make my wife. She sees it. She, she asked me. She said, "Have you had your greens today?" I was like, "No, not yet." And she made it for me as I was walking out the door. You realize you just put water and the greens in and shake it, dude. I had a lot going on today. You couldn't do that on your own. You had to have your wife do it for you. No, I didn't. I had a lot. I, was, I knew you were I was kissing the kids goodbye. You, you you're kissing the kids goodbye. You can't shake some water in a cup. He was waiting outside for like ten minutes, man. Who's he? Hey, he picked me up. We don't say his name anymore. No. Young Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to start calling you Jamie so everybody thinks that you're the Jamie from the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, so, so we, because the, we need whatever viral support we can get. Yeah, we're going to start rumors that Jamie has two jobs. Let, let's ramp, <laughs> <laughs> let's ramp, ramp up the end job yeah. uh, review. <laughs> keep, it, keep it up, guys. And maybe Seattle will see a live event in the future. I would love to go to Seattle and do Wow, I haven't event. even thought about us doing a live event. That would be... <sighs> Oh I'll God. tell you right now, I would be belligerent drunk by the time that, that like, live we're coming. Done. We're coming back without jobs. That, that's that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> we, we, we would lose our jobs in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. So what? Did you actually slap somebody with a fish in Seattle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, I got a story in the, in the show. I know we were supposed to end with a review, but I got a story. So years ago, right? Mm-hmm. My brother and my sister, who are now twenty eight and twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, still young, but you know, whatever. Uh, years ago, about five years ago, so that he was twenty-two and she was twenty-three. Okay, we, my wife and I, before we had our son, decided we were going to take my brother and my sister to Seattle for like, you know, a sibling trip. Okay, and I was making really good money, and I'm doing really good things, and they haven't seen some of the finer restaurants, so I wanted to 
I wanted to really go out and like eat good food and go to good bars and just like have a good time and not think about spending just like let's have some luxury y'all I have it because when I was a kid like nobody did this for me right right so we go up to Seattle and I'd never been my wife had been what a blast like right like it's good mm-hmm. and um day's great we've seen a bunch of all the touristy stuff and then we go out at night and we go to a sushi restaurant which is super super high end okay like, extremely expensive and these kids are like oh my god like they're like not into it don't appreciate it really you go out to a bar afterward we're ordering drinks and like cocktails and everybody gets hammered right because mm-hmm. my wife and i we don't have a kid at the time we're you know you're young lady younger younger <laughs> yeah i should say and um yeah we had a good time my brother gets drunk oh he's belligerent drunk and my sister who's with us is like you know she's also intoxicated but they didn't appreciate the the food mm. they didn't appreciate like the the it's weird to me how like when you're older and more mature like you appreciate the the food and the um, like the a meal has so much more meaning right when you're older or just the moment in general right the like moment right? i mean you know, how many more times are you guys going to be able to take a trip like that i don't know that we could right. exactly. I, I really don't know that we could at yeah. least at this point in our lives and i don't know that we would and now there would be spouses and everything else that'd be you know in the picture just be different exactly. that snapshot of time but i always think about seattle with like these fond memories but I'll never forget my brother. We went after all. We went to the sushi place and we went to got drinks at the whiskey bar. Mm-hmm. This dude at the whiskey bar who ran the place looked just like identical doppelganger to Colin Farrell. Wow! Even had like the accent. It was very weird. Mm. Extremely weird, right? We go afterward to a hookah lounge because that's what you know. That's, that's what you do. But not me though. It was like an Arab hookah, hookah lounge too. So like everybody there was like, that's what "You're you my do. people," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm your people," but I'm yeah, not other people. Depends. It was, yeah, it was, D- depends. What kind of discount am I getting? <laughs> no discount at all. So we, we get we get there right, and my brother goes to the bathroom, and there's this long line of dudes, like really angry dudes, waiting at the only single use bathroom stall. There. Really? So I'm like, okay, now I'm like, I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. So I go to the front of the line. Everyone's like, you're cutting me off, bro. What the fuck, bro? Like, waiting in line. I'm like, I think the reason why you guys are waiting is my brother's probably passed out and been drunk. I start hammering the door. Right. Right. My, bro- my brother eventually, an- eventually answers the door, and he's been throwing up, and he looks terrible. Mm-hmm. So I walk into the bathroom, and all these other line of dudes that are waiting out there. Right. And I'm like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm just, uh, he's, he's out, right? <laughs> so I get him cleaned up. We pull him out of the bathroom, and everybody's pissed off me in the line, but they're happy the bathroom's open, so like, I survive. Right. We go back to this little section that we that we you know kind of rented out. It's got like two couches and like like center thing and hookah and everything else. Right. Right. My wife's there. My sister's there. I'm there. We're all intoxicated, brothers. We decide to leave. Okay. My brother is telling everybody in the place that he's Steph Curry's cousin. Why? <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> he could have said anything. He should have said it. I remember we had a friend once who used to tell people like I'm a professional BMX bike rider yeah, like not, just go with just go that, with that that's a better lie just go right. with that he's not everybody's steph curry's cousin and my brother is fully running like he doesn't like i'm half and like mixed my brother is not mixed right <laughs> like, <laughs> he's fully running so um i'm like all right that, that's weird shut up stop saying that mm-hmm. you know we get outside and i'm and i'm now like letting him go on his own because i just can't take this rhetoric anymore and he walks right into a car we called uber but that was not our Uber. No. And he, oh, no. And the car takes off. No. Like, drives off. And I'm like, 
well, that just happened. Yeah, what happens at that point? And I'm the only one who's remotely sober at this point. Like everybody else is like intoxicated. Like I'm, I'm tipsy, but I'm not like drunk. I'm like, I'm, I'm still. Ca- so now I'm like, what the? Like I'm calling him, like rapid fire, like yo, like you, you know, he's not there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know what to do at this point. I don't, I don't have him on fine friends. This is how I got him on fine friends. So now I can track him exactly. And I'm like, what do I do? Right. <laughs> like, and you know, I'm the adult in the room. Exactly. So as my Uber shows up, I'm sitting here going like, okay, well, I guess he's dead, right? <laughs> like, I guess he's dead. Car comes back around from around the block, kicks him out of the car, right? Because oh. clearly he's not the guy the Jesus. Uber was supposed to pick up. The night's been terrible. We get back to this, we have this like penthouse, like sweet thing, which was nice because everybody was in their separate quarters, you mm-hmm. know, corners and it's Seattle. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It's not a flex. Shut up. This is the reason why I'm telling you the story, right? Mm-hmm. So... We're up in this beautiful view and we're overlooking all of Seattle and I'm like, I'm settling in that everybody's back in the room and everybody got back safe. Right. Right. I'm, I'm significantly older than everybody. And I'm just happy everybody's safe. Because it's under your watch. Right. And we're sitting down and I'm taking this final sigh. I'm going to have a nightcap. Okay. So I drink the nightcap and I was already tipsy before. Right. Right. And the kids are there. They're doing their thing and, and they're all happy and drunk and all over each other. And my wife looks at me and goes, I can't find my phone. Oh, no. And I go, what do, you, what do you mean you can't find your phone? She's like, I think I left it in the Uber. Oh, no. So I call the Uber driver because I got his information on the Uber app, right? Yeah. He's I've never like, done that. So you can actually call straight to them? At the time, you could. I don't think you can anymore. Okay. I call the guy and he's like, uh, yeah, I have it. No. And I go, all right, cool, man. Could, could you bring it back? And he goes, yeah, for $100. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I won't bring it back if you don't give me a hundred dollars. And I'm like, bro, I don't, I don't have a hundred dollars cash. And you already tipped him too. Of course, I tipped him the whole thing. The transaction ended. Right. I was back in the room. I was like, fine. I, at this point, I'm, I'm now approaching drunk. Just when you thought. Right. Yeah. Just when and you thought you were in the clear. Just when I thought I was in the clear. So, I'm, <laughs> I look around and my wife's like freaking out. I tell the guy to come back. I'll pay you a hundred dollars. I start walking to an ATM, which, by the way. At that time of night in Seattle is not exactly easy to find. I find an ATM, tell the guy to meet me. He says, I'm almost there. By the way, I need $200. No, man. What is this, ransom? (laughs) So I say, okay, $200, I got you. Just meet me there. He shows up. I give him $100, and I said, let me see the phone. He shows me the phone. I snatch it from his hand. I throw the $100 at him, and I walk upstairs. Wow. That was the last time I was in Seattle. Yeah, you were a real piece of shit. You couldn't hand him the $100? No, man. Like, you agreed to it. No, he tried to extort me out of 200 bro. <laughs> that was really that was, messed, that up, was honestly. messed up, honestly. That's, that's too far. Um, I have fond memories of Seattle, too. Uh, the only time I went there was when uh, Hawa was uh, pregnant with Adam. She was like seven months pregnant. Wow. So I didn't want to travel. That was our, I think that was our last trip before uh, Adam was born. So, yeah. A little baby moon. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to end the show on the baby moon. On the baby moon? Yeah. We're going to, is that the title? No. <laughs> I'm definitely not putting that in the title. No? All right. Sorry. This is why people don't like you. What? No, people don't like me because I'm better than you. Yes, I know. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we will catch you all on the next episode, assuming Saeed Shaves his hairy knuckles. Yeah. Good night, everybody. 
I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.